2013, former elementary school teacher, retiree, and golf nut, Gloria McKenzie was allowed to go head in line at her local 7-Eleven, quick pick line. Little did that good Samaritan know, Gloria would purchase the winning Powerball ticket when she stepped up to the counter. And her prize? $590 million. Today, she's never late for her tea time as her drive has been shortened to just two minutes from the front door of her new palatial home that overlooks Roaring Palms Golf Course in Jacksonville. Talk about falling ass backwards into the good life. Welcome to Uber Cinco, where we deep dive top fives. I'm Mitch Brinkman, your host for today. And this week, we'll be exploring those beautiful twists, those beautiful turns of life kind of breaks that fuel uh, an incredible story. The top five situations to fall ass backwards into. So let's bring in our contestants. The first one, he once video recorded Sting in a private little room. It was Broadway singing, a little acting. He still has the tape. Welcome, Brian Ernst. Hello, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and our second contestant was tall enough to watch above the fray of filmgoers gathered for a Scorsese flick premiere, a rainy night in the UK. And at this premiere, our contestant saw him. He locked on, he approached, and Sir Paul was his. McCartney took a photo, I'm told. Nice guy. Welcome, <laughs> our second contestant, Nathan Henfin. Hello, Nathan. Uh, greetings. Thank you for having me. It's <laughs> a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Excellent. Well, if you listen to the show or you're just a babe in the wood, you want to hear something special? Send in your suggestions and questions at bizbear.biz. Your ideas could end up right here on an episode. Um, great. So, yeah, guys, welcome to the episode of Top 5 Ways to Fall Ass Ooh. Backwards into, into oh. Situations. Can we dial and it down that, a little bit, please? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. And uh, with that, we'll be right back. But first, we're going to wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. As host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. This rule is inspired by, well, our own show and by my undying love for listing things. So at any point during the show, if I get that little itch, that itch that tells me that I want to know more about one of your situations by demanding an on-the-spot top three list related to your selection. For example, if it were a lottery-related one, I'd ask for a top three list of unnecessary first purchases, perhaps. Then you'd have 30 seconds to provide high-quality responses. So when that itch happens for me, you'll hear this sound. That's my box of Baria Orzo Pasta, which is great in salads <laughs> and soups. Al dente perfection in nine to 10 minutes. Baria 
masters of pasta. And each successful <laughs> on-the-spot top three list done to al dente perfection can earn up to an additional three points. Wow. After our contestants present their top five situations to fall ass backwards into, please do stay to the end for the below-the-line credits, if you will, when I will submit my fast five send-off which is top five furnitures to back your ass into. <laughs> Nathan, you refereed your way into deciding a draw between Brian and I in the 86 versus 90 movie episode and a man doesn't forget. So Brian, please start us off and give us your number five on your top five situations to fall ass backwards into. All right. My number five situation here is extremely specific. I happen to be front row in the United Center, and all of a sudden I see chaos on stage. Nils Lofgren and little Steven Van Zandt have both had their hands incapacitated with a countdown clock for 10 minutes, and Bruce Springsteen must pull me on stage to play lead on Born to Run. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. Poor, oh. poor, first of all, I'm really worried about Nils Lofgren. As much as long as you and I have been friends... <laughs> I would I would not watch your performance. I would be off saving Nils Lofgren. Uh, fair. And, and so we got to get him back because this is the only song I know in its entirety and I'm confident to play. So <laughs> you're going to have to get him back on for the rest of the finale. <laughs> so this is why. I for, for, a, for a split second, I thought you were going to say like Michael Jordan turns and gets get, like brings me on 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 the stage uh to i have seen front, more but. concerts than i have games at the united center <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> in my lifetime so and this is why i made sure to say that they were only incapacitated for 10 minutes because we need these guys back <laughs> because i will not be able to hold down the fort for this whole time but this will fulfill a bucket list dream of mine so okay so, so so what's the spillover from this are you hoping for an article in the paper um or like is every you know Pretty person in the United States are going to come up to you and ask to buy you a drink later. What's the? No, this is specifically for the selfish reason to one time feel the roar of a crowd, to feel everything okay. that I'm sure Nathan wishes he that the, the Rolling Stones have felt their entire life. To be able to feel this for one moment, for about three and a half minutes. That's all I want. Well, if it's Bruce live, this song will probably go on for eight minutes, but it will last a little bit longer and I will have a taste of it. <laughs> and that's all I want is to be able to say, Hey, I did that. Nothing I, else. No other repercussions from this need to happen. I have actually lived this on a very small scale. Uh, in 2014, my sister as a birthday gift took me to see Robert Randolph in the family band um, and there's a Bruce connection to this because um, the guy who's currently playing the sax, the big guy's nephew. Um, oh, Carl. <laughs> um, it's, it, his last name is Clemens, but it's, Clemens, it's not. I believe it's Jake. Samuel. The younger, <laughs> the younger Clemens oh. was actually the opening oh. act that night. But so the Castle Theater is real small, like, I don't know, 500 people, maybe at that. But Robert Randolph actually will pull people on stage to play guitar or harmonica or whatever with with him. And he starts carrying the guitar around and my brother-in-law just like pushes me to the front. And next thing I know, and I'm the, I'm the second guy of the night who's like in the song, like another guy had already been up for like, you know, a couple minutes and then that's your time and you go. And so next thing I know, Robert Randolph is putting this guitar on me and he leans over and he goes, we're in E. <laughs> and then at that point, <laughs> after 16 years of playing guitar, 
I immediately forgot how to play. (laughs) (laughs) My sister recorded a video and she said it sounded fine or whatever, but I refused to watch it because it's like, it should on paper be the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. But I was just like, I just, my fingers just turned into spaghetti. So I hope when this happens to you, Brian, you handle it with a little more aplomb than I did. Someone who's been playing about well, as long as you, you could tell me to do that now, not under pressure, and I wouldn't be able to succeed. So, <laughs> I am. Um, and it, if my fingers are turning into any kind of pasta to play uh, an instrument, it's definitely r- rotini, which the best kind, of course, is made by Baria, uh, <laughs> master of pasta. Because, um, like, imagine the pluckability with rotini. You've got, you know, four ridges to get bing, 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 bing. That's my guitar impression. So. Wow. <laughs> That's about what I sounded like on that night. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, Nathan, or sorry, Brian, uh, I'm... You, you at no point you're not mentioning Bruce at all here. It's not like you don't want to be next to Bruce. Like, do you have? Well, that's that's the. Like, that's, do you that's, have like a jean jacket and a red bandana on too? This is wrapped in like, the dream. Or, this is wrapped in the dream. This is to be able to be sharing a mic where you're both yeah. profile to the mic, strumming as hard as you can, looking into each other's yeah. eyes and screaming. Doesn't sound good, but you're still doing it. Doesn't yeah. matter how old you are. This you're still the, cool yeah. doing it. The Steven Van Zant role for the last 30 years in the band has just been the the occasional mic share. I don't I don't yes. even think they plug his guitar in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there for the mic share. Wow. Therefore to be able to uh jump in at the count whenever you need to. Bruce's voice is getting a little hoarse. So you might need to jump in with the huh. <laughs> I could do that. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, other than that, are you I, are are you crowd surfing at the end of this? I mean, I got to get back to my seat, so I think that's the only way I can get back. It's so. the most efficient way. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So wow. Heaven, God forbid, all the people that need to hold me up to get me back to their seats. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would be that would be my dream to be able to share the stage with the boss. Wow. And be able to get out. And then my time is running out for this one. So, folks, anybody out there that can get this one done or get a tour back together when it's safe, that would be uh, that would be great. Well, Bruce, Bruce has been a notorious clean liver. So I think that, you know, you you have at least a decade to to try and get this done. So um, that's pretty great. Well, okay, Nathan, let's let's go to your number five and see how long you have to uh, accomplish this fantasy here. All right. Well, uh. So this could, I'm just going to give you an example of how this scenario might play out. Uh, So a few of these are going to be mistaken identity on my list. But so like perhaps on this one, you're taking your high school age children on a tour of Dartmouth University and it happens to be graduation day. And the speaker they have lined up is uh, Nobel laureate in physics. um, uh, uh, just pulling one at random off the top of my head, Roger Penrose. And you okay. happen to bear a striking resemblance to Roger Penrose. And when he doesn't show, sure. the unscrupulous acting chancellor of Dartmouth, Mike Preble, is frantically running through the grounds, through the quad, searching up and down for a passable stand-in. He sees you, his eyes light up, you're rushed to the stage, the um, gown and mortarboard are thrown on you, uh, Penrose's notes are handed to you, you're directed to your seat, your introduction is met with rapturous applause, and then a gust of wind blows the notes out of your hand, and you're standing at the podium <laughs> with all the graduates, the class of 2021, and you have nothing. So, well, uh, well, I was working about the house today. I tried to play this out a few times, 
And this is a close approximation of what I think it would sound like for me. In life, there are goals and successes. But what is success? Success is a goal that is achieved. But to achieve a goal, one must have success, which is an accomplishment. And an accomplishment can only be attained through achievement. In my early years, life was full of challenges. I turned those challenges into goals and the goals into achievements. And with a little flair and a little luck, the achievements accomplished success. I leave you with the words of the great 20th century philosopher Iggy Pop. Wear a uniform on a government loan. I'm worth a million in prizes. No more beating my brains with the liquor and drugs. I'm just a modern guy with a lust for life. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Cue applause. Oh. Hats, hats are flying through the air. Wow. Yeah. Short, sweet, I'm, to the point. I'm, I'm so hungover, but I think I got that. That was incredible. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, top three. Nathan, this is this is my first. I'm, I'm going to actually start here. <laughs> yeah, stick to your own rules, man. That's the sound of the Orzo Barilla Pasta calling for a hot top three. Here we go. Nathan, give me your top three at your DePaul commencement address, because I know we didn't have a great commencement speaker. Give me your top three commencement uh, addresses, speakers. This is such a bad question. Sorry. Top three commencement speakers. Give them to me. Wait, of all sorry. time. So, oh, if like top three commencement fantasy speakers that you would get to watch, go. Uh, number three, Stephen Fry, mm, uh, noted TV host, raconteur, polymath. Yep. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go with Steven Spielberg, film director, okay. and uh, okay, great financial success. I need the. <laughs> I'm looking to build a financial empire. Mm, and then sure. uh, number one, Stephen Hawking, just so I could appreciate the time and diligence it went for him to program that whole speech with his cheek. Interesting. Mm. Okay. I like that. You know what? For top three, that was very nice. You, you, you kept it on theme with the, with the, um, with with the with the white guys, so um, no, <laughs> uh, let me let me score this round number five. You're both getting two points for for your number fives. Um, both very specific fantasies. I, I love the details. Uh, Could have had just a little bit more from both of you, but then Nathan, your list uh, of Stevens uh, got me excited as well. So I'm giving you an extra two points there. Um, and let's jump over. Um, we're gonna switch it up. We're we're going snake today. So Nathan, please give me. Uh, your number four. All right. My number four is the Vox Pop that goes viral. So the... Okay, I, I saw this. What is Vox Pop? Because I didn't know. Is that Vox, the website? What is this? Tell me what Vo- this is. Vox Pop, short for Vox Populi, Latin, voice of the people. So it's it's like a street interview. Ah. The mm-hmm. the random, uh, the, the end of the news, the sort of and finally story. And then you got like some random ass person being like, well, what's your opinion? The person on the street who's walking out of a seven 11 with a, their sandals and a Slurpee, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> but then, then it goes viral. And, uh, you know, maybe it's like a goofy facial expression that becomes a meme or a, a, a quote that you say that the, the Twitterazzi takes and, and runs with. And then you see your face just throughout the internet for years and years in perpetuity. And yeah, <laughs> 
the the classic example from way back in the day, back in the Stone Age when we were in college, was the uh, the hide your kids, hide your wife guy, which then was remixed into a song. Yes. And I'll mm-hmm. let anybody who uh, has a, who was born after <laughs> 1900, <laughs> they can look that up on their own. Um, so I was actually I had this opportunity once, and I really I really wanted to nail this. Uh, I was interviewed. I was on the streets of London in just off Covent Garden outside a pub, probably about four or five pints to the wind. The sun was still up, so it couldn't have been much more than that. And I was interviewed on the possibility of extraterrestrial life. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to knock this one out of the park. And so I kept trying to like come up with a, a phrase like I would answer the questions thoughtfully and I'd try to put a button on the end just that. That tagline that was going to mm-hmm. make the news that night and just go viral. And all I came up with on my two attempts was the truth is out there. And then space, <laughs> the final frontier. <laughs> like, those, those have been. How done. did you wait? Wait. Oh, oh, I was saying, how did you think of both of those sayings just off the top <laughs> of your head? That's incredible. Wow. Um. That's uh, okay. So, 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 what's your what's your fantasy one just off the top of your head? What's your fantasy one of, of going viral? What what's what's that topic about? Well, I, I don't know if the topic necessarily matters as much as the one line would be. You know, just the okay. one line, and you know, it would be it, it would just have to be a catchphrase that I, I gave of like a little side eye, like. Sure. And that's like the they, way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't bring that's that in my kitchen one, on a Tuesday wow. evening. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> it is my fantasy to have this one phrase that gets me out of it. I've given no thought to such phrase. Well, that's the thing is you don't, the time, have a, you don't have a choice. This is it's, it's always just people being themselves. That it will just, come out. Okay. At the time, okay. When the time yeah. is right. Well, all right, here. Let's let's just do a, a quick exercise here. I'm gonna throw one at, at both of you here. Okay, Brian, you'll go second. Nathan, you go first. Okay. Uh, excuse me, sir. I was curious what you thought of uh, the band of uh, teenage girls that robbed the bank today. Do you think money should be given to youth? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, because I, I, I am no longer a youth. Then no, because if I can't have money, they can't have money. There, that's my new catchphrase. If I can't have money, they can't have money. Excellent. That's incredible. And Brian, for you, um, uh, excuse me, sir. Did you hear about uh, the four penguin friends that escaped from the zoo and were trapped by a small child? Do you think children are responsible enough to have pets? Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this whole time I was writing one for Nathan's question, so I had no time to prepare for this one. If I saw four teenagers robbing a bank and running away, I'd be shocked. Boy, sure, a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. And then for mine, I don't have one. Yeah, well, for for Brian's, I would say, well, those penguins are better dressed than the kids. (laughs) Um, It's a horrible exercise. (laughs) You know, I'm 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 just proud of the animals. You know, uh, being able to execute a formal escape, right? Um, okay. <laughs> <Get out>. um, 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Brian, you need to rub it in our faces that you're better at this than us. <laughs> I think oh, also, I, th- I was writing that the whole time. That's why I threw you guys a question. Yeah. So B- basically, okay. the, what I'm learning from this episode is that between this week's episode and last week's, we have all aged 10 years in terms of sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, oatmeal. Uh, all right. Uh, number four, Brian, please give us give us that one, would you? Oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's old people. They just they go around just saying one word. Oatmeal. Oatmeal. <laughs> all right. My number four situation that I'd like to fall ass backwards into is to be able to be the hero and to be able to save a life but only after somebody yells, does anyone here know how to expose this camera? And that's because this is the only way I think that I'd be able to survive. Do the da- guys do your dance? I'm Come on, we, we haven't aged that much. Come on, you got to do your dance. There we go. Okay, so this one, Brian, you're number four, uh, being the first responder hero who uh, has camera knowledge, and Nathan's number one, who is which is the first responder hero who has to save the first responders. So both a first responder situation. Brian, keep us going with your camera knowledge. Uh, tell us about this, please. So the reason I have this here very specifically is I don't have a lot of skills that would come in handy in an emergency. But if someone yelled this, I feel like I could be of help. And uh, I, I can't land a plane like Nathan, for example. Um, but this don't I would don't know till you've tried. <laughs> <laughs> but this I think I could do under pressure. No problem. And for me, the only way this makes sense is that we're in a situation where someone is dying and a news crew has just pointed a camera at the person is sending this feed to a telehealth medical professional. But the camera operator who passed out from seeing the blood swipes all the buttons on the side of the camera as he passes out and falls to the ground. Then somebody yells, can someone expose this camera? And then I show up. I reset the camera. We get the doctor connected who is sending the instructions back to us. We can save this person who I only assume was a bicyclist who's been decimated by a semi. But we <laughs> save their life. And, and, and people say you can't do medicine over the Internet. Correct. I say In this new bullshit. age, this we is, can. Yes. And, re- and remember here, I'm the hero, not the doctor. That's what I yes. want people to yes. walk away with. Hey, with without you, the doctor doesn't even know there's a problem. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if, if the doctor asks, like, can you please apply pressure to the right carotid artery? Are you, are you saying, well, no, I'm running the camera. Like, you know, Correct. get someone, like, get, a, hey, get another crew guy. Okay. You, no, useless br- four-year-old, hold the blood. Yeah. Brian's, Brian's just Brian's just standing. He's he's not even. It's a static shot. He's just standing back with his his arms crossed and drinking a cup of coffee. At that point, he's like, "No, I did my part. Whatever. I've done my yeah. part. This is what the union pays me for." Uh, is there a fantasy camera that you get to expose? Maybe one you've never worked with before that you'd love to work with in think, this situation. I think this is the key. It's just, it, it's a camera I've never used before, but I think I can oh. figure it out even under pressure. So that would be that would be the challenge on my side that makes me the hero. It's a camera I've never used before. Right. So yeah, you'd want to you'd want to have that internal sense of accomplishment. Correct. Correct. I need to walk away feeling like I've accomplished something. I I also in this fantasy, I I only hear Larry David's voice being the person yelling for help, like in the the Seinfeld episode. 
is anyone here a marine biologist? <laughs> like I, just, I in, in every every scenario we have today, I just hear Larry David off screen. Yes, yes. Does anybody here know how to give a commencement speech? <laughs> Costanza. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I, I I love the specificity of this one, Brian. Um, and I am I am curious. Uh, I'm going to do another. That, once again, is the sound of the barilla orzo pasta shaking to life another hot top three list that Brian's got to rattle off for me right here on the spot. And that top three list I would like is, give me your top three favorite injuries to film during this fantasy helper event. Oh, uh, a bone exposed leg crack, I think, would would televise very well. Oh, make them puke over there. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that that would something we would require instructions from either how to how how to set it right and make a tourniquet and all this stuff would be very important to get over that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there'd be a a likely success of survival, but a decapitation would probably be very helpful to have some help with. Over no, there, w- there would not be able to success no. survive. But, but we tried. We tried. And that's what's important. If you get that noggin on ice right away yes. and cauterize, you know, maybe there's a doctor somewhere that could that could save that head. But that's yeah, just who knows? It. All right. Number two and number three, um, just like a little broken finger. Just something a little easy that we got to just really pop back in place and get them all set <laughs> and going. And just we can make a little splint out of some wood chips or something. I think we could do that successfully. <laughs> But then you're not gonna you're not gonna make the news as a hero. Well, I'll make social media <laughs> as a some kind of hero. <laughs> All right, let's move okay, on. Uh, let's get away from me. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> I feel like I was Nathan. on my way to earning three points, and then Mitch killed me. No, 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 no. You 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 did you you performed valiantly. Be be very proud of yourself. Okay. Um, okay. Nathan. Uh, give us your your number one, uh, please. All right. So this is uh, the scenario could be something like you're the manager of like a mid level accountancy firm, and your new client is the local fire department, and you know hopefully fingers crossed these are all veterans of nine eleven. Just that would just be the icing on the cake, the old the nine eleven sure. bump. But anyways, sure. you you're, you take the tour. You know, they're showing you around, you're having lemonade and cookies. And then at the end, the chief says, wouldn't it be hilarious if Nathan, your boss, has to wear the suit and the hat and try to operate the hose? And so you get all dolled up, you put on all the huge heavy equipment and you, you got get the, all dolled up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the axe on your back and you got the hose. And then then there's there's a kerfuffle. Mascara is on. Yeah. The hair <laughs> well, looks that great. Was, yeah. That was already on. Yeah. But yeah. then... <laughs> Off, off in the distance, there's a, a some sort of scuttlebutt in the next room, and the chief takes off. And it turns out that uh, this old firehouse, which ironically was not up to code, uh, is experiencing a terrible electrical fire. Oh, and then no. a beam falls to the floor, trapping the chief and all the firemen in their barracks. They can't get out. The building is ablaze. And you have all the equipment necessary, but none of the training. <laughs> and you've just got to go for it. So this is mostly going to end up as a devastating and massive tragic loss of life, including probably <laughs> probably your own. But if you pull this off, you yep. are the hero that saved the heroes. You will be you will go viral. You will get the presidential medal of freedom. You will get the keys to the city. You will be a legend. You will have your own Wikipedia page which is 
truly the life goal of anyone with any scruples or morals or ethics or values or commitments. Uh, so <laughs> you are the man who saved the saviors, the savior of the saviors, superhuman. Your powers of uh, improvisation and resourcefulness would be second mm-hmm. to none. You would be buying you no, you would never buy a drink for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the ultimate. This was my number one. And I'll say on on the business card you can put on there. Uh, I'll save you more than just on your tax bill. So, <laughs> boom! I just want to point this out that Nathan said there was a high level chance that he was about to kill a bunch of 9-11 first responders due to incompetence. Well, I no, said no, he was not a, killing was, them. It's... I said there was a, a, chance, uh, yeah, a chance. But but the but the scenario that I'm envisioning is where that Success. doesn't happen. Success, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The achievement, the the goals, the making of the achievements, whatever the, that speech yes. said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and after you've saved the lives, you also hopefully save the structure. So this architecturally significant place that's hopefully on the National Register of Historic it, Places of course. also yes. can be salvaged as well. Yeah, and, and you'll have the love of architects forever. So Precisely. And I'll, yes. I'll, I'll find them a couple uh, loopholes on the uh, the insurance paperwork, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, possibly get them to be registered as a charity next year. So there'll be a few more breaks that way so they can buy the extra Dalmatian or, you know, maybe get them sure. a nicer cat. <laughs> This is my knowledge of fire departments doesn't go past <laughs> cartoons from the 1940s. <laughs> Clearly, our biggest expenses here is a new dog, boys. How can we afford this? A new Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys, this is really hard to choose between these two, and um, I think that the only thing that that put her over the top is Nathan using the phrase. Getting all dolled up before you put on. <laughs> that just it made me laugh so much because it immediately reminded of my elementary experiences with fire departments. They would come to my school every year and do a demonstration. And one of our fifth grade teacher, uh, Miss Burns, who was a uh, a forever bachelorette, would always flirt hardcore with the firefighters <laughs> and would hold on to the hose with the firefighter at the same time. And we just, we all knew what was happening. We just like watch her flirt shamelessly with these firefighters. Um, so that made me think of that. So it was great. So I'm giving Nathan the stare down here, the three points, but Brian, I will say your top three list. Uh, that was quick. I loved that little uh, wood splint uh, detail at the end that gave you three points for your uh, hot top three. So um, awesome. That means we are coming into our number three then, correct? Yes. Yes. So we're going uh, back to Brian here for his number three. I have to, I have to give five. a quick shout out before we live on. Uh, my my buddy, my main man, Kevin Karn, uh, if you're listening out there, thanks for uh, your help brainstorming that number one. We were bouncing that one back and forth. <laughs> have to give credit where credit's due, but I definitely oh. waited till after the scores were given to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um I th- thank you for, for bringing up scoring because also Nathan, um, I was looking for I was just looking for a little more on your number four with the the Vox Pop interview. Um, I, I only gave you one point for for that, just so you're aware. So we're moving on to our number three here. All right, number three uh, for me uh, with my fascination of space and time travel, I would like to be the fourth human to travel by wormhole. So. Um, I would love to be able to visit another Earth-like planet in my lifetime, and that would only be possible if we discover a way to travel across the universe in a time-efficient manner. So, because even if we travel at the speed of light, it could still take hundreds, if not millions of years for me to make a round trip to one of these exoplanets. So, assuming all of this tech has been sorted out, 
I want to be the fourth, not the first to travel this way. One, I want all the kinks worked out. I want to make sure this is a safe way to travel. All right. I want to make sure I get back. It's fun. It's a good experience. And I'm not that much of a risk taker. So let's 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 keep that on there. And number two, no one remembers the fourth anything. So I could have this amazing experience and live out my remaining years quietly without any riffraff. So that's what I really want. I can I don't need to be famous for this. I just want to have this amazing experience and live out my remaining days quietly. That's what I would like for my. So you don't want three. like a like a free coffee or a free cupcake or a free Danish or a free beer wherever you go throughout your town. No, I don't need that because I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna die as the guy who has exited the solar system and came back alive. That's all I need yeah. for my own. I'll, I'll make a little note for the guy who has to write my eulogy. Like just tuck it in there, make a little asterisk, sure. make sure at least you mention it a little bit. That'd be that'd be a, that'd cool. be a good uh, funeral surprise. Like, do you ever go to a funeral or read an obituary of somebody you've known your entire life and they live to be like really old, and then you're like, oh wait, I did not That's know cool. that they lived in Malaysia for three years teaching English. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. But in Brian's case, well, I did not know that he exited the solar system and safely returned. <laughs> that is really something. <laughs> oh. That's I, as much I, I to, credit as I would like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> also, when you mentioned your eulogy, you said the guy who has to write it. Is that only because you haven't chose between Nathan and I yet for the eulogy writing? Correct, or correct. Is it I, I'm be, trying to okay. keep my points in, in check here, so I can't decide <laughs> okay. that until which one of you guys' liver caves out first. So, <laughs> wow, this is why Whoa. I just keep, I just keep hey. sending I just keep sending beer and whiskey to you guys, and we're, I I'm just, playing, playing I just the long game. Uh, I just had blood you, work done two weeks ago, and things are looking pretty good for old Nathan. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> I right, say, well, when you leave, when you leave the so, when you leave the solar system, find some some fucking respect for your friends. How about there too? Um, just <laughs> hey, just remember, hey, find some fucking respect. The, the truth is out there. Uh, well, I did travel to space. It is the final <laughs> frontier. So. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, and, uh, I did also, find some fucking respect, so I just want to let you know. I did find that out there. Also, never forget, al dente perfection is only nine to ten minutes away. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, Brian, is there anything that you're looking to see or discover in this in another world that would just blow your mind? I would love to see just like what kind of crazy other animals are out there. I would like to be like, if I was going to become famous, I would like to be. Like this planet's David Attenborough. That would be pretty badass. Like if I was sure. able to like start in my 20s, like this technology was invented and get over there and become like the animal documentarian for some weird other planet, that would be pretty cool. But I would wow. need to have been born in England first to get the cool voiceover. So sure. that's... Uh, this is a scenario that I've I've thought about that, that has happened on a different scale. But so... You know, several hundred years ago, when people were first had, you know, seafaring, exploring capabilities. So you're indigenous to one part of the world Mm. and you see those animals. But then say you decide that you're an explorer and you're like from, well, it doesn't even matter where you're from. But then you go to Australia, which is the only place where a kangaroo is. And then you see a kangaroo go hopping and going, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> like, if you had no conception of a kangaroo and then there's a bunch of fucking kangaroos, that would freak you out. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I've never yeah. seen an elephant and there's a gigantic fucking elephant. What the? 
Right. I remember reading a fact once that the first dinosaur fossil wasn't found until like the early 1800s. So there were like three or four presidents of the United States that didn't know dinosaurs existed. <laughs> I remember reading that once yeah. being like, that's pretty bananas. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So, including our sitting president, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think he's probably got a dino set at home. He plays with every now and again. Um, but <clears throat> um, that was uh, Brian's number three. That was uh, my wormhole three. travel. That was yeah, Nathan, please uh, delight us with your number three here. My number three is inheriting a haunted house. Oh, Whoa. I love that. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. So it's it's October while we're recording this, so I throw a little festive cheer into it. But ah, so this sure. is <laughs> I think the, the classic scenario is the it's it's like some ant. It's maybe your aunt's <laughs> or I'm sorry, I have such a accent. Your aunt's aunt, perhaps, yeah, or aunt's, an uncle's yeah. uncle. Somebody way down the family tree who just lived to be 175 years old, never had any children, and you happen to be the closest thing to a descendant they have. And so you've got this house, and you've never seen it. You've never been there. You didn't know it existed. And you get there, and it's it's got like uh, it's like four stories, and there's like turrets that it doesn't make any physical sense of how like where's the stairs going to that that you know all the nooks and crannies and crevices it was like they started they built like they intended to build an outhouse and then they got a little more money and then they added uh you know a little extra room and then wings just kept on being added to the house and it makes absolutely no architectural sense and it hasn't been uh updated in forever so it's dusty it needs a fresh coat of paint uh, well, it needs to be torn down, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, so, but it's obviously it's obviously haunted. I mean, this is what everybody calls these old houses yeah. a haunted house. So yeah. you can start inventing. Also, there has to be the stipulation in the will that you you get the house, but only if you spend the night in it alone first. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That's that's going to be absolutely necessary, and then. You can you can say that there were all kinds of murders. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, there will have been several grisly murders in the house if, you know, if it's your lucky day. And you can make up local legends and myths, if not. And then you can start mm-hmm. uh, having your friends over and do murder mystery parties there. Or you can decorate it and uh, <laughs> wear costumes and open it up to the public and on Halloween and have people come in. And, you know, then they get to the end and after they've been scared, you have them bob for apples in the backyard and carve pumpkins and, and what have you. And then a year later, when you're sick of it, you sell it to condo developers and you take a nice vacation. <laughs> After you get it all dolled up. <laughs> um, I, when I first saw this, I thought, does he mean a fully functional, just a haunted house where you're selling tickets or is it a house that's haunted? And now we have our answer here. It's, um, it's both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many how, how many bodies of different types of species are we finding on the property? It would be really great if you would uh, find an like an uh, an indigenous animal that hasn't been seen in the like. You're maybe maybe a city has grown <laughs> around this house. Like it was. Yeah. It's like. It was like an old building in the city center and then urban expansion happened and now there's really nothing else downtown. But it's 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 a good three miles from any tree. But yet yeah. but yet you find like a coyote and a badger in the backyard. Like, <laughs> <gee, what> the- <laughs> 
So if it, I mean, if a serial killer lived in that house, you'd probably find a small pet cemetery first of like all the small animals it killed while it was practicing as a child. That then, mm-hmm. like in a row, you could probably see their progression if you if you dug up the backyard, you would see a bunch of rodents and then some domesticated animals, then this coyote, and then like Brian, a small. Brian, you know great- an awful lot about this progression. Yes. That's yes, a little yes. worrying. Yeah. Like a really short okay, great a- grandmother or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is really smart analysis, Brian. I'm very impressed. Thank this you. I mean, it's a lot of practice, a lot so. of a lot of reading, a lot of reading that I have done sure. on the subject. Yeah, a lot of David Fincher I, watching. I'm, yes, I, I'm very I'm very happy to hear that you've slaked your thirst uh, for this kind of knowledge in this way. This is really cool. So yeah, so, I mean, it's just when you gotta carve the animals, which you really gotta do. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um so so th- there's there's definitely going to be some fun taxidermy in this property in in and around great well, lamps, course, really great lamps. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love a taxidermy one of of grandma in the bathroom just like you just caught her coming out of the shower and just, <laughs> you know she's kinda, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be hilarious. You keep her in one of the spare bathrooms so when the guests go in there she's <laughs> forever popping out of the shower. <laughs> For all eternity, you just, you just 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 change the towel on her like once a week, so it seems fresh. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in. This is great. Okay, haunt, haunted house. I love this. Um, along with wormhole travel, there's some spooky spooky shit going on here. Um, these are both very good ones. Uh, I'm gonna give you both three points here because you've got my imagination running wild. Thank you much for that, uh, Nathan. Let's go to your. Um, Actually, let's start with Brian's number two since Nathan's number one is already done. So Brian doesn't have to go twice in a row. So gotcha. Brian, give us your number two, please. My number two is falling ass backwards into a treasure map, a duffel bag of money, and a ticking clock. So this is oh. the excitement of being Indiana Jones. The mystery of what said treasure is, the ability to walk away and still just have a bag of money. The possibilities are endless for the decisions you can make for this. And I also feel like um, adventurers usually require like a fitness and an upper arm strength that I do not possess. So maybe I would second guess it looking at this treasure map and the bag of of money and watching the clock go. So I also fear like malaria or some unknown oxygen disease at the crown of Machu Picchu or something worth considering. What I'm trying to get at here, too, is I just like to fall ass backwards into a bag of money. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> what I think I'm just I'm trying to get at here. The the adventure is optional, but the money is what we're really trying to get at here. So uh, if I was an adventurous man at the time I found this little discovery, yeah, I might go on a little Indiana Jones adventure. But worst case scenario, I'm going home with a duffel bag full of money. So there's some pluses. There's some minuses. I love this. So you got some options. I love this so much. I'm, I'm reminded of one of my great, uh, one of my best friends for my whole life, John Sullivan. In high school, he used to say his life plan was to trip over a chest of money on a beach in California and then just be set for life. Perfect. Um, and his parents would always be like, get an education, John, damn it. You know, like they, <laughs> at first it was a joke and then he said it so much. They're like, eh, what? And so, um, but with that, I'm going to. Oh, <laughs> bring up my beloved Baria Orzo Pasta once more, uh, al dente perfection in just nine minutes. And Brian, I'm going to ask you, let's say you're going on this treasure hunt. You've got all this money. What are the what are the three things you're purchasing to help you along the way? A whip. A, 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 a really, really good uh, satchel. 
but it's made by okay. Q from the James Bond franchise. Okay. So uh, not only it's stylish and useful for an adventure, it has a bunch of gadgets that are really going to come in handy when I need it. And then uh, three, probably like a lot of vaccines. So that's, that's, <laughs> sure that's what I'm going to buy with this. Very nice. Um, Nathan, uh, anything to add for the record there on uh, Brian's number two? I I think that... As much as I would love the the bag of bunny, I think that the the treasure map would have been too much for me to to handle. I think I would have fallen on my sword and died somewhere in the jungle <laughs> looking for what no matter no matter how much money was in the original chest, the chance of mm-hmm. of adventure uh, being Indiana Jones for a while and then possibly an even bigger treasure at the end would have been too much. I would have gone gone for it. I would have. You know, after you win one spin at the roulette wheel, I wouldn't have gone home. I would have put it all in, on black one more time. And exactly. uh, yep. so, yeah, I would have uh, I would have traped through the, the jungles and the mountains and the deserts and, and seen what came my way and, and probably died after 48 hours. But, you know, <laughs> also, if you don't have a Brody who works for the museum that, you know, you're going to get paid for the stolen treasure right away. Like what? What's the point? Like you, if you have to do all that extra, to, you found this treasure that you've stolen from some indigenous peoples, of course. And if you're going to try and sell it to make money off of it, how are you going to know which black markets to to sell this treasure to? You, I mean, there's so many other options that you have to do once you get to the end of this tunnel. Whereas but, you can either but roll once the dice. you achieve those skills of, yes. <laughs> of yeah. exploiting uh, trod upon peoples then you're going to be sitting pretty for the rest of your white life. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I dare to um, uh, reference the, the natural law finders keepers here. Um, <laughs> there, was, there was a Supreme Court case about that, finders v. keepers. I, it was. Yeah. I hear it's 11 <laughs> yes, it tenths was. of the law. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, U- U.S. versus Sticky Fingers is a great case. 1902. <laughs> go back and read it. Um, the precedent set there is quite impressive. Uh, Brian, wonderful number two. Um, Nathan, bring us to your number two, please. All right. Th- this is one where I, I really wish I could see how my limited skills in this field would hold up and how many minutes or probably seconds I could keep it going until I was found out as a complete fraud. And so... So say uh, say you're in Vienna, you're on a grand tour of Europe, and you're invited to a black tie party by Count von Struzenhausen, who you you met last night at uh, at the blackjack table, and uh, so you doll yourself up in your top <laughs> hat and tails, and a car is sent for you, but uh, you only speak English and nobody else speaks English. So when you arrive, you're, you're treated like a king and shown from one fancy room to another in this cavernous palatial building. And you think, wow, I knew Count Van Struzenhausen was doing well, but I didn't know he was doing this well. And then your new German speaking friends <laughs> usher you into a, a, another dark chamber. It's enormous. It's silent, save for the unmistakable din of anticipation. And then... Someone hands you a baton, the curtain rises, and there you are standing in front of an orchestra. The car that was sent was not meant for you, but former conductor of the New York Philharmonic, Alan Gilbert. The orchestra looks at you in anticipation, and you look down at the sheet music in front of you, and you start waving those arms. (laughs) 
you do the uh, you do the, you, you do the the little lean in to, with with bring it up, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. You know, and then uh, you, you come back. And uh, how long do you think you could last? I mean, I it's been years since I've really had to read sheet music. I understand time signatures. I but how like could I make it? 30 seconds before everything fell apart and it started like shit like how much are conductors really doing how how much could these expert virtuoso musicians carry themselves if that guy waving the arms wasn't there or how once they figured out i was complete garbage would they start ignoring me and just try to to wing it i I really want to know how this would sound how like if i if i could be up there for the whole 45 minutes of whatever concerto it was Oh God, I would love this experience so much. <laughs> I think if it was like just standard four four time, you could probably get away with a long time of doing this. I just I would uh the thing is, even once it started to go off the rails, I feel like this is one I would be so committed to. Yeah, I would yeah. just be like yeah. I would be Sweating. sweat would be dripping from my brow. <laughs> I would yep. and I would turn around at the end and I would be <sighs> And, you know, I would I would then drape my arm across the stage to point at the first chair violin. And, oh, I would I would soak this up. And then to hear to hear the feedback uh, in in the news outlets the next day and whatever trade papers, papers. What the fuck is that? <laughs> trade <laughs> publications that uh, serious musicians are, are perusing. I would just want to know what they wrote about me. Wonderkin and, amateur virtuoso <laughs> successfully leads. Like, real off night for Alan Gilbert last night at the Vienna <laughs> Opera House. <laughs> I'm I'm curious at uh, uh, what what instrument is is like clanging loud or like at its peak when you undo the man bun and let your hair just unfurl completely as oh, you're. Oh, the guy in the back on the timpanis, boom, 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 boom with a real tribalistic. <laughs> Yeah, I would be. I would. I would pay good money to watch that. I would. That, that would be very, very fun. So, also the bow at the end. I feel like with the tails of the coat and your hair and everything just like <laughs> flopping over in like yoga pose and then back up again, spraying and, the front row with and hair then, sweat. And then they they would yeah. be throwing the roses at my feet, which yes. Oh uh, yes. Oh. oh Lord. If I get if if I, if oh. I even got one rose, this would be the Worth greatest it. moment of Worth my entire it. life. Yes. Also, is it less nerve wracking that? In this situation, you're obviously you're like, I'm not the conductor of this orchestra, but your back is to the audience rather than looking at the audience. Is that more or less nerve wracking for you guys? Well, I think that the I would be much more worried about the musicians who would be able to tell what was up much sooner because <laughs> my arms waving don't mean because the people in the audience like. When we look at a conductor, we have no idea what the hell they're doing. It just it looks like nonsense. It's true. But yeah, the actual musicians would be they would be clued into this way sooner. So I would much rather be able to look at the audience and just smile and point at the orchestra and be like, hey, these guys are pretty good, right? Yeah, we're, we're killing it. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this I'm is, in the same boat. I, I would want my back to the audience. I, I'd just take the shame yeah. of the musicians looking at you and being like, yeah. just we're in this together. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. This is great. All right, well, hey, that brings us right to our last... Um, our last ditty of the of the episode, and that is Brian Ernst's number one 
of his top five list of situations to fall. Do we, do we fall not get points for our number into. twos? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, number twos. Uh, Brian, I gave you two points for yours. And for your bonus list, your hot top three, I gave you another two points. Nathan, I gave you the full three for your orchestra um, ass backwards uh, into fantasy. So um, thank you for those. And um, Nathan already has done his number one. That was in the stare down. He, he won that one for three points. So Brian, bring us home with your number one. My number one is an oddly specific something that would love to happen in real life. I would love to fall mm-hmm. ass backwards into a no strings attached, fully furnished 3000 square foot house with decked out studio attached in a good neighborhood with good schools and property tax paid for life. That's what I. <laughs> when you sent me this list, I, I I read this out loud to Danny, and and I I laughed my ass off. I was like, I don't know if this is a joke, but also it's not a joke. But also, why not four thousand square feet? Because why not five thousand square feet? You know how? Why not thirty five hundred square feet? How, why not like houses in, in his three thousand square? Feet? In a previous in a previous one, you literally left the solar system and the dimensions of space and time. And on your number one, you limit yourself to three thousand square feet. Yes, this is what I want. This is what I want. One, you had the keys to eternity. Yes, but I'm going to have to also, take care also, of this. Also, the, but but the studio's attached, so that's included in the three thousand square feet. So your actual home isn't all that big. That's fine. I've been to people. I've been to like these giant houses that I've like either filmed in. I've seen tours of these big houses, and all I see is just God damn, that looks like a lot of work. He's seen all nine planets once. <laughs> all nine planets. I just need a nice little house. And he's like, I'm man, not a- that is a lot of yard to mow. <laughs> I am not a greedy man. I am not a greedy man. Most houses, most two-story homes are only about 1,100 square feet. So I'm looking at at least over doubling that. That's enough to live in forever. Who needs more than that? Plus, basements don't count yeah. in square footage. So if I have a killer man pad. No, no, mis- no, it can. If, if it's finished off, it counts in square footage. Not enough to be finished to count. It's going to be enough to be nice to live in, but it's not going to be finished. Wait, no wall. You're not going to finish? Just finish off the basement and have your I'll get fantasy to it. I'll house get to you it. follow. I'll get to it. It's my house. I'll get to it when I get to it. All right. Must you live so firmly in reality, Brian? <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Because, but, but if you're falling ass backwards into this, you have to pay for nothing. It's all taken care of. Then why not just get a little more? Why not? Why like why because, move into a house and still have projects to get to? This because just have it be fully done. <laughs> I can't just sit there and not have anything to do with the rest of my life. I don't want to take care of the lawn. I don't want to do any of that stuff. But if I got one little project that's on the back burner, like I'll get to that. That's a real that's a realistic goal. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is you, just just the one project that you never do for the rest Correct. of your life. Yes, I, I'm never gonna finish the basement. I, I have come to yeah. terms with that. Every every night when you're watching a new Bruce Springsteen video on YouTube, you're like, "Well, I'll get to the basement tomorrow." Exactly. Nice to have something to look forward to. Exactly. Now, the reason why I've been so specific and kept my goals so low. It's, I'm really hoping I really do fall ass backwards into this because it would be a nice real life. <sighs> the defense rests. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So because of this, you also mentioned <clears throat> uh, great schools, which I'm assuming you're not going back to school. This is for Future. Uh, progeny you'll, yes. you'll, 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 you'll one day have. So give me. 
<laughs> your hot top three list brought to you by Barilla Orzo Pasta, great in salads and soups. Your hot top three list of kids' names you would like to have. Go. Uh, girl Zoe. Uh, guy, we're going to go with uh, Henry Jones Jr. Ernst. That works pretty well. And then uh, number three, we're going to go with... Um, Ooh, this is a tough one. Am I having another boy or am I having another girl? Vinny. Vinny Chase Ernst. Oh. All right. You are you, you were clearly playing to the to the host here. I will give you I'll give you a couple extra points for that hot list there. Um any other uh Brian, what is this house? Um is it stucco? Is it wood paneled? Is or are you are you just gonna like you don't want no fuss. You're just gonna have aluminum siding, so you can just like hose off your house. No, and this is definitely a again. sturdy brick house. At least the oh, frame. Okay, but I think on the outside, I would love for it to look like a log cabin. I think that'd be badass. But like in the middle oh. of a suburban city neighborhood, it doesn't belong there at all. Interesting. There okay. you go. Sort of a uh, a Johnny Appleseed moves to the suburbs situation. Sort of a Biz Bear Den, I guess. If, if you oh, will. very so, nice. Great plug. Very yes. good plug. Um, I love that. Okay. Um, I'm, that's it for Brian's uh, list. And give me just a moment here to tally the scores. Uh, you guys chat a little bit amongst yourselves. Um, talk about uh, uh, what's your favorite um, uh, Barilla pasta product? Go. Okay. Fusilli. Because you're silly. <laughs> That's Mine's, what I Mine is spaghetti because you're J. Paul Getty, famous guy. <laughs> God, let's get out of here. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do rhymes. <laughs> Nathan, did you buy, have you ever bought anything else other than spaghetti noodles? Uh, yes. What's uh, your favorite, what's your favorite texture of noodle? Uh, was it is it far farfalle? Farfalle, yeah, that's a good farfalle, one. That's a yeah, good one. that's awesome. That's farfalle nice. looks just like a tiny little fancy botan. That's one of my favorite <laughs> pastas too. Um, and don't forget, al dente perfection is just a few minutes away. And here we go, the final scores for Brian versus Nathan in the top five situations to fall ass backwards into. That's my drum roll, kind of. I'm condu- Brian, you are the winner today with 16 points to Whoa. Nathan's 14. Wonderful battle today, fellas. I'm very proud of both of you. Um, thank you for coming back again and playing. And now it's time for the Fast Five. And that Fast Five today is top five furnitures to back your ass into. <laughs> Number five. The Yingvar bar stool from Ikea. This sleek bar beauty is made of anthracite. It's the perfect post-up spot during a party. Okay, it's 9.30 p.m. You're trapped on the patio as Marcus keeps going on and on about how conflicted he is about football coming back. But really, his Saturdays are brightened so much by Indiana Hoosier football that he tries not to think about the ramifications. And all your mind is doing is questioning why you chose the super set of lunges you did earlier today in your kitchen as your keister keeps yelping for relief. The Yingvar comes in handy with a four-foot sturdy base to lean against and massage Away that lunge pain. With a half moonular back support as well, you can knead your upper glutes simultaneously. This is competitively priced at $119. Number four, the Jules Dropleaf Expandable Dining Table by West Elm. Designed with small spaces in mind, the Jules Dropleaf Table seats two when its panels are down and four when they're fully extended. 
Its durable top is made of solid mango wood and set on architectural metal base. Beautiful round shape features a pleasing dining area for you and you or you and your partner and your imaginary dinner guests who won't order Chinese for the third time in a week. It's been so much so recently that you're beginning to forget which leftovers to eat first out of the fridge. And you're really trying to recycle all that takeout containers, but washing them has become a siren song for your declining health. <laughs> but when you pop down the leaf on this mango wood beauty, the perfect sharp edge appears to soothe away the couch swords you've developed because you had judged it a good idea to torture yourself with the saccharine science fiction of the West Wing. Sustainably sourced wood, fair trade, <laughs> and contract grade. The Jewels is competitively priced at $499. Number three. The Float Adjustable Standing Desk by Room and Board. Made in New Jersey by Human Scale. This modern height adjustable standing desk lets you easily alternate between sitting and standing throughout your workday. Oh! Slowly bring your backside back to life with deep tissue massage on the corner of your desk as you blankly stare at the wall opposite your workspace. Never sure why or how the black and white picture of the Chicago skyline with just the Sears Tower in color made its way in here. <laughs> Did you buy this? Did he buy this? Did they buy this? Who buys this? Well, you do, and that's the problem. But don't worry when you're bent over holding your knees as you gulp for medicinal air trying to work through the anxiety. The float adjustable standing desk moves quickly and quietly without electric motors or cranks. So your keister need can continue unimpeded. Your ass deserves to be stress-free at least, doesn't it? Competitively priced at $2,499. Number two. Wow. Ethan Allen's square concrete fire table set a soothing, tranquil mood in any outdoor space with this sleek, low-profile square fire table. Sit on fire's edge as the flames lick your being, desperately trying to warm your cold heart during those uneven times. Take advantage of the natural beach stone edge and really get at that knot in your high hammy or lower glute as you turn your back to the flames, silhouetting yourself to hide the tears from your family as they surf Instagram for their next dopamine spike, never staring into the flames contemplating how immense and very small it all seems right now. The knots are almost gone as you begin to roast a marshmallow over the flames before your 12-year-old tells you that the Ethan Allen square concrete fire table isn't meant for that. On sale and competitively priced at $3,825. And number one on the top five furnitures to back your ass into is the Broar utility cart from Ikea. Heavy duty, our way. A sturdy storage system that withstands moisture, dirt, and heavy loads. Push your Broar utility cart to all parts of your property to spice up your drinking life again. It's pine plywood top is moisture resistant, so no rush to clean up that mess after knocking your light beer over when you've locked the wheels in place and are going ham on that backside of yours, knowing if you can loosen the glute, your back should unstiffen too. Large enough to facilitate a full bar with mixing utensils for when you want to enjoy a fresh Manhattan in the garage, a gimlet on the boulevard, and an old-fashioned smack dab in the middle of the living room all in under 45 minutes. Its rubberized heavy-duty heavy duty wheels can handle any bumps, like the one when you're pushing your cart back to the great outdoors as your family refuses to engage in conversation through talking, which your kids are saying is an outdated, embarrassing, and annoying-like thing. So lock those wheels into place and push the broar up against the wood pile, Lean into that dairy air sore spot and start your amateur hatchet-throwing career by aiming at the potting table hutch from Wayfair that you just had to have last summer that now only holds spiders and old basketballs. <laughs> Competitively priced at $99. <laughs> Whoa! And that is this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty wom word of mouth, so please tell your friends about us and send them your favorite episode. From the warm bosom of Berwyn has been Ryan Ernst. 
And listing off from Old Irving Park has been Nathan Hennen Fent. And guiding you along the way from the heart of Sopoco, I've been Mitch Brinkman. And as Biz Bear always says, winter is a time of needed warmth. Be kind and share the berries. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. <laughs> You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. (laughs) 